You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation, for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this journey with me as we are finishing up the book of Isaiah this week. Isaiah has been such an eye-opener and reminder to me of the holiness of God and, yes, the sinfulness of man, but also salvation in Jesus Christ and our responsibility to get that gospel message to the world. Today's episode is one of apologetics in which we defend the faith we have in Christ based on His Word. And so we ask, how can we defend our faith based on the text that we've been reading this week. And to do so, I I really want to take you to Isaiah chapter 59, which is one of my favorite chapters and passages, one that has been the most very convictional and, and challenging to me as a pastor, but really just as a Christian. Isaiah chapter 59 shows us what takes place when apologetics or defending the faith is more than just a declaration of what we believe, but actually a lifestyle of how we live out justice and righteousness. Go with me. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 begins, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. What we see in this passage is, and you're going to see it, is a time in Israel's history, or the the nation of Judah's history, when they were wicked and sinful, and though they were God's people, separated from him and walking in rebellion to justice and righteousness. And the question comes up, how do we, as now believers in Jesus Christ, who who there is no separation in salvation for us, we are Christians, but how do we walk in that righteousness? And there are five main uh, elements and reminders from this passage that I want to give you today as an apologetic or a defense of our faith. Because there are so many people out there right now, maybe listening or, or, or maybe that you know of that are Christians, and they say, I just want to defend the Bible. And so they will go to school, they will uh, get degrees, and they will try to intellectually defend with arguments uh, and, and oral uh do oral uh, uh, arguments and debate and discussions and and try to win those debates, but their lifestyles do not promote justice and righteousness. Or they will talk about God, but not live out their Christian faith in a wick, wicked and sinful world. So I want to give you five reminders of what it means to not just talk, but to live out our faith apologetically. Number one, that the Lord is our defender. When we talk about defending the faith, we've got to realize the only way that we can be uh, be encouraged or equipped to do so is because the Lord is first the defender. Notice again, he says that his hand is not so short that it cannot save. His ear is not so dull that it cannot hear. We must realize God fights our battles. Uh, in, in fact, as we, uh, as we know even from Ephesians 6, and I'll reference that in a little bit, when we go to battle against spiritual powers, we do so in the power of His might. He is our strength. We put on 
the the armor of God, which is Jesus Christ. So the Lord is our defender. But second, since he's our defender, the Lord calls us to defend. Now, this may seem like a duh, but, but we must be reminded of this, is that we're not called to sit soaking sour. We're not called to, to, to just read our Bibles and hide and, uh, and, and close ourselves off from the world. We are called to engage with this world and to defend truth and to defend righteousness. Uh, he says in, uh, in verse 9, um, well, in, in verse 8, sorry. Uh, they do not know the way of peace. There is no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them does not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, but behold, darkness, for brightness, but we walk in gloom. Verse 11, all of us growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is far off. And then in verse 15, yes, truth is lacking and he who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice and he saw that there was no man. God calls people to defend truth, righteousness. And so we've got to answer that call. The Lord is our defender. He calls us to defend righteousness and truth. But third, our defense is rooted in our intercession and prayer. Notice verse 16. Let me pick up where I left off. He says, and he was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. So the context of this passage, God is saying, listen, there was nobody that was able to, to step in and be righteous. So God stepped in, and through the gospel of Jesus, Jesus became our our great intercessor, our high priest. But now we have been called to intercede on our behalf and others' behalf in Christ. Ephesians 6 reminds us that, yes, once you have the, the armor of God, we'll see that in just a moment. Once you have the armor of God, it says, praying in the Spirit, praying for doors of, op of opportunity for the gospel to open. And so our defense is rooted, grounded in, in intercession and prayer. In fact, Ephesians 6 reminds us that we have a spiritual battle, and our greatest weapon is not a, a physical sword, but it is the, the prayer we have uh, to God. We pray on behalf of others and ourselves. In fact, I tell many people uh, that before you speak to men and women about God, you must speak to God about those men and women. God can do more in a moment of prayer than we can do in a multitude of messages and sermons uh, and, and conferences. Uh, fourth, our warfare is linked to justice and righteousness. Now remember, the Lord calls people to defend, but in our defense, we are to actually wage war in justice and righteousness, taking up the armor of God. And, and there's a purity and holiness there. Look at this. He says, verse 17, he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. And according to their deeds, he will repay. 
wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the coastlands he will make recompense. So they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion. And to those who turn from transgression to Jacob, declares the Lord. That maybe there was something familiar in that passage to you. Notice what he says. He put on a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation. Now, what's interesting is, if this is Christ, the Messiah, then we are called to dress like Christ. How do you dress like Christ? You dress in Christ. Our warfare is linked to holiness, purity, justice, and righteousness, that we stand in the righteousness of God. That breastplate of righteousness is not our righteousness, it's Christ. That helmet of salvation is not our uh, ability to save ourselves, but Christ. That sword of the Spirit that we are to wield is the Word of God. That, uh, that shodding our feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. We preach peace because one day He will bring division and wrath. Uh, that uh, belt of truth is Jesus Christ. And so our warfare is linked to Christ. It is Christ's uh, armor that suits us and fits us as we go out and wage war. And finally, the Lord is our defender. He calls us to defend. Our defense is linked or or rooted in intercession and prayer. It's linked to justice and righteousness as we are clothed in Christ. But our warfare is always grounded in the word of God. As we see this passage, we understand that the, the, the hope that we have comes from God's word. Verse 21 tells us, As for me, this is my covenant with you, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth or the mouth of your offspring. We must use the word of God. That is the sword of the spirit, Ephesians chapter 6. So do you see how Isaiah 59 and Ephesians 6 are together, that one is is grounded on the other. And why is this important? Because as we talk about apologetics, defending the faith, it's, it's a battle term. We wage war. In fact, Jude would say, contend for the faith, fight for the faith. Well, how do we do that? Know that God is our great fighter, that he's called us to fight, and that we do so in prayer, in holiness, and in his word. Why? Because Jesus Christ fought for us and has already won the victory. As we close out today, I want to focus on a ministry moment. And this week, our ministry moment is none other than Vacation Bible School. That's what's going on in our church right now. We begin Sunday night, going through tomorrow night with our family night on Thursday night. And uh, our uh, curriculum, we always get from Answers in Genesis. And now some uh, are not too keen on that organization, but we thank God for men and women of the faith who have uh, have given their lives to promoting apologetic resources that help us answer skeptics. Uh, Answers in Genesis is uh, widely known, especially with the, the ark 
and uh, Creation Museum. I encourage you to take a trip out there, and I want you to uh, to pray for their ministry. And though you may not agree with everything that we do, we don't always agree with ourselves. And so uh, you can definitely find flaws and faults, but overall, a great ministry, great tool for Vacation Bible School. And Vacation Bible School is the single greatest evangelistic outreach program we have each year. And I'm thankful for our leaders and our workers, those who are sacrificially and selflessly giving of their time, talents, and treasure to love on these kids and these adults uh, to let them know Jesus even more. So pray for us as we continue and try to be faithful this week. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.